Hi everyone, my name's Steve Tudor and welcome to the Premier League show. It's a show that thinks Roy Keane, Micah Richards and the rest have kind of used up all their footballing stories by now. On today's pod we're going around the grounds and unusually for this pod, looking back too to last week. How can we not when it was just so crazy? We'll also be trying to make sense of one of the worst injury crises in recent times. To discuss all this, I'm delighted to be joined by two guests who are fit and raring to go. It's Ryan Baldy and Mr. Howard Hawking. Hi, Ryan. Are you there? Are you well? Yeah. Hi, mate. Yeah, I'm not too bad. Thank you. Just in from a long run, so I'm uh, stiffening up as we speak. Oh, no, God. Well, I, I wouldn't even know what that's like. <laughs> Howard, yeah. are you equally uh, in the dark about that? <laughs> no idea. F- 15 years since I've been fit and married to get. I tried- dog walk, Howard, this morning. I've d- dog walk and I stiffened up from that, and it's a 17 year old border collie who walks slower than my mum. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I tried. I tried one during COVID lockdown, and I, I can't. I, I can't put into words how much I hated every single second. Uh, <laughs> what what distance do you cover each day, Ryan? I did a half marathon this morning. Oh Jesus God. Christ. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, just a casual half marathon to start the day. Yeah. I like to do a long one on a Friday. Uh, yeah, went went quite well this morning. In good condition. So For, yeah, it was forgive good. my ignorance here, but we're just what thirty miles. Yeah, so yeah, I measure by kilometers um, with, with the the apps and the watch that I use. Twenty one point one kilometers, which is uh, just over thirteen miles. God, that's halfway to from your chest. No, I'm not. not just can't even imagine it. Um, <laughs> before we start, um, in my intro, I said injury crises. What what's the plural for crises? Crises, is it crises? That's it, yeah, is it, crises. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I answered my own question, right? Okay, well, <laughs> <laughs> let's let's get to Wolves v Spurs. Um, and before we do, we have to look back to last Monday's crazy game against Chelsea. I'll start with you, Ryan. It's been much discussed this week. I have to admit, I really am on the fence here. I, I think one way about it, and then I think another way about it. What did you make of Tottenham's high line? particularly when they went down to nine men. I appreciate Ange making it interesting and trying something different. Um, mm. You know, the, 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 the tried and tested approach is to, is to go deeper, isn't it? You know, and, and compact things and try and um, stifle and kind of just wait to be beaten. They took a more proactive approach. So I appreciate giving us something a bit different to watch and making it interesting for us as viewers. Um, but then when you look at the goals, all, all, all of the goals that Chelsea scored thereafter were by cutting through you know, from from a high like through the high line and running in behind Sterling, running through for uh and laying it off and things like that. So um, it, you know, it did. I guess it did kind of can contribute to their downfall. But um, yeah, I, I appreciate the proactive approach, and it did it did kind of um, it seemed to sort of put Chelsea on a back foot, um, catching off guard a little bit because it took them so long to work it out. But in the end, they did, and and they they ripped through it in the end. Yeah, you kind of in hindsight, you think what would have really worked a treat would be to deploy a high line for the first 25 minutes, let's say, Mm. and then go deep because Chelsea were absolutely flummoxed. But at some point, it felt inevitable that they would figure out uh, how to get through it. I'm a bit surprised at the praise he's got for that, to be honest. I mean, Mm. I love the guy. (laughs) I think he's been brilliant on and off the pitch. Breath of fresh air. I'm loath to criticise him (laughs) at all. But that's part of the problem is that it seems everything he does now is wonderful, and it was suicidal. I mean, they could have had... they got three late goals, Chelsea, and Jackson put it over the bar from about eight yards. They could have had another four before that. It was only because they were so inept in front of goal that they didn't. 
it was a ridiculous uh, tactic and he should be criticised for it. But, as Ryan said, as a neutral observer, that just, you know, at half-time I was worried the second half will never live up to that first half. It can't possibly. So I guess we should give him credit for making it one of the most entertaining games, especially on a Monday night that I've probably ever seen. Yeah, I mean, there are two ways of looking at it. It could be argued in Tottenham fans have been putting this forward that, you know, two on down going into the last couple of minutes, Tottenham had three genuinely good chances, one of which was actually scored but was ruled offside. So it could have gone very different had they grabbed a dramatic equaliser. But again, I go back to that word, it just felt inevitable at some point. But Ryan, what I took from this game more than Tottenham's high line was how utterly inept Chelsea were at finding a way through. And Pochettino was tearing his hair out on the touchline. Clearly, the answer was to string a few passes together to, to you know, to move Chelsea uh, Tottenham's high line a- a- across and then just have every single, you know, opportunity in the world to score. Finally, they, it's almost accidental how they figured it out in stringing five or six passes together and then they capitalised. That, that really doesn't look good on Chelsea for me. I mean, given that, I mean, the, the, the prices of those players are irrelevant. They didn't spend that money. But we're still talking about a collection of very expensive, top-class Premier League footballers who couldn't solve a very simple solution. That, that's how I gauged it, at least. Yeah, they're a baffling team, aren't they? We've, we've talked about them a few times um, on the pod, on my previous appearances, and I just find them um, continually more and more yeah. baffling at how they can kind of be this bad for so long with, with um, the talent they've got in there. Um, I think part of it is because there are so many new players. It's always, you know, it's hard to integrate and, and, to, and to mold something when, when there's such high turnover. Um, but I think that the biggest factor is probably just how young this, this team is and how yeah. the players they're brought in, they're, they're, they're banking heavily on potential. That's why they've all got eight-year contracts, I think, is because they're expecting something down the line to, to click for them. But um, you want more of a return on investment in, in the short term than they're getting right now. And I just feel that perhaps there's a lack of experience. Obviously, you've got Silver at the back, who's ancient. Um, Sterling's been around a long time, but he's not that kind of player who's going to you know, grab control of the game and, and dictate pace. He's someone who um, is, is going to be on the end of things. So um, I do wonder if that is probably what's, what's kind of, particularly with this game in mind, um, which is what seeing them struggle a bit. Well, it's just a quick point, the- Steve. I've got uh, Dan Lloyd's friend, Dan, a Chelsea fan. He's yes. got 25 minutes uh, with him on the Friday show today. He's really good. And it, it struck me, he came away from the game, 4 1 win at Spurs, a bit disappointed. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, it's kind of like, well, we've just won 4 1 at Spurs, but there were parts of that performance that were still worrying and frustrating it was so, one of yeah, the least impressive hat tricks as well wasn't it <laughs> yeah. oh, God. <laughs> and, and he missed a sitter after getting a hat trick as well yeah. i mean it was just it was hilarious but I, I would have been furious if i was a chelsea fan and if only they had gone into this summer with badge of, of experience in midfield oh they did and then they sold all of them um yeah it, it, it's just a crazy club right now. It, in two years it might all come to fruition because ryan says such a young side but we'll say won't we well, actually, I was, I was going to ask about that. I'll, I'll, I'll stay on, on Chelsea for now then, and I'll come to each of you on this. Ryan, can you see Chelsea being genuine title contenders in, let's say, 18 months' time or two years' time? I think this method of team building is a tricky one to hit on because um, bringing in all these young players, particularly a lot who've come from, from outside of the league, bring them all in together without too many um, 
kind of mid prime players to mix in with them and guide them along is difficult. Um, I think you're, you're trying to hit on a lot of long shots in, in that regard. Um, and there's a lack of stability that, that youngsters kind of need beside them to come through. Even if you look back to the mid nineties, when United brought through all the, the, the class of 92, they, they, um, Famously, obviously, shipped out Paul Ince and Kinchelskis and Mark Hughes, but they still had Cantona there. They still had Steve Bruce and Pallister and Schmeichel. I, I think yeah, you, you need to have a mix to be able to properly bring these players along. So I think it's going to be difficult for them. Yeah, I, I feel much the same. Um, Howard, like, let's say two years from now, you'd expect City to still be up there. You'd expect Liverpool to still be there or thereabouts too. Can you see Chelsea in the mix? Absolutely, yeah. But I think it's actually off the pitch that See, I'm ill-equipped. You have to ask Stefan about this. I'm ill-equipped about where financially this will lead them all. Mm. I think with further a further churn, they could get something more yeah. cohesive together next yes. season, yeah. So another few transfer windows and really just change that policy from why, you know, and when those young players have had two years at the club, the, the, the Chelsea, aren't they? It's bust and boom. They will... They could have a, yeah, they could win the Champions League with a caretaker manager and in a complete mess and then have stability and do nothing. And this seat that they're probably not going to make, I don't know, maybe they will. Maybe we'll see form come together and they'll make that top four or five for the Champions League next season. That'll be big to, just for the financial side at least. But I can see it at some point coming together. But you, it's Chelsea, you have no idea. And it would be pointless me predicting <laughs> where this this policy and the way that I mean I think Bowley I think the scattergun approach has, has been ridiculous in a way, but it could be cohesive because there is a lot of really good talent there. So if you can keep your fullbacks fit, if you can conquer a success when he comes in, there's enough there definitely for them to be challengers if they just hone it a bit. Yeah, and Pochettino, I don't. Rate quite as highly as everyone else, but you know, if you, you can see the seeds beginning to sprout now of like something cohesive coming together, and absolutely, I think at some point they'll get it right. Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, we'll, we'll get back to Chelsea very shortly. Um, let's kind of get back to Molyneux and Wolves, um, Tottenham. Um, Ryan, what have you made of Wolves this season? A very tricky one to nail down for me. Yeah, I think um, they've proven to perhaps be a little bit more resilient than, than I expected them to be. Um, they've not set the world alight by any means, but um, they're pretty pretty comfortably in, in the middle of the, middle of the table. Without you know, I, I, I feared they might they might slip down. I think the, the appointment of Gary O'Neill was a strange one. Um, yeah, but um, yeah, I say I'm, I'm mildly impressed without being kind of bowled over. I think there are a couple of players there who. Um, who I like, who stand out, um, and I think there's perhaps the embers of something that they can kind of build into something a bit stronger, but um, yeah, they, they seem to me to be a team on the downward slide who've perhaps hung in there and kind of clung to the, the bottom bottom end of the mid-table ranks a, a bit more than I expected them to. Um, I really like uh, Hwangi Chan, I think he's, he's looked a great player, six goals already this season. Um, some of the Portuguese lads are really, really impressive. So yeah, I think um, they've proven a bit more formidable than I expected them to be. Well, he chan and let me just get this stat, see if I'm correct in saying that. Yes, yes, he insisted, he insisted last week. So basically, apart from them goals, every single one of Wolves' goals this season have either been scored or assisted by Neto or Hwang uh, He chan So they are so reliant on those two for goals, um, but they're coming up with the business. I know Neto's out right now injured, 
Um, turn our attentions to Tottenham, Howard. Um, injuries all occurring in a space of 90 minutes, uh, plus suspensions, of course, with Romero. So Romero's out, Van der Ven's out, Doggy is, is um, suspended too. Madison, it has been revealed today that the injury could be a lot worse than mm. what people initially thought. He's pulled out of the England squad subsequently. Um, and you mentioned in a WhatsApp group before about Richarlison as well, who I'd completely forgotten about, I have to admit. Hip, we hip, were yeah, hip surgery, I think, yeah. Is it? So, I mean, we were talking about Tottenham potentially being title contenders as long as they were lucky with injuries. And now suddenly they've encountered all kinds of misfortune. This next month or two is going to be so key for them, isn't it? To, to prove that they have got some kind of, kind of strength and depth in, in the squad. Yeah, I mean, they needed remarkable luck, really, because that first 11, or maybe you could even add a few to that, is very, very good indeed. Mm. And under a manager who knows how to get the most out of them, but the depth was never there, was it? So, yeah, to, to all happen in this one match as well. I mean, some of it's stupidity, Romero, obviously, three-match ban now, will it not? Well, yeah. it, it obviously will be. I don't know if it can be more. <laughs> I don't know if he's got so many bookings. Uh, Already, that was it. Straight it red for Romero. Hmm? Was it a straight red for Romero? It was, yeah. So that's yeah. a three-match ban for him. But you can sometimes get more on accumulation. But yeah, I assume it's three. Uh, but this is a guy who's got, I think, sixty appearances. He's got eighteen or nineteen bookings already in two reds. I'm surprised it's that low. To be honest, it could have been two on Monday, couldn't it? Yeah, he, well, yeah, he could have doubled it on Monday. Uh, but he's he's had a little period where you thought he was turning it around and being sensible. But, yeah, everything goes... Madison, they've got key players. I mean, pl- that's the problem with Spurs. They have players that they absolutely are reliant on. Madison was one of the signings of the summer, undoubtedly, and everything goes through him up front, really. Him out, if it is anything over a few weeks, is devastating to Spurs. And, of course, Van der Ven has been a revelation at the back. He's the key defender. Richarlison, a player of... I, I don't understand, but you know, it, it can be on his day, obviously, it can be a handful uh, more so for his country, it seems, than his, his club at the moment. So, these are key. These, are, you know, you could pick out like four or five key players that make Liverpool, uh, make Spurs tick, and they've lost two of them, and they've lost both their central defenders for the next few weeks, maybe, unless, unless the hamstrings are not as bad as we first feared. So, yeah, it's a key. Et- time for them but ultimately this was always going to happen at some point and I don't you know I've asked on recent podcasts I think you Steve do we start considering them as title challengers but I think really you have to wait until February March and if sort of teams right near the top before you can start doing that especially when it's the first time challenging in many many years I was staggered because during the game obviously they had a centre-back pairing of Dyer and and Emerson Royale and um, I was staggered to discover that's pretty much who they're going with this weekend as well. They they just don't have another centre back. I I just assumed that they had another centre back in there, but they don't. Um, they really are short of, of strength and depth in that regard. Thanks for listening to the first fifteen minutes of the show. To listen to the full podcast and all our contents, including reviews, previews, analysis, quizzes, and much more, go to ninety three twenty dot com to sign up now, or simply click the link in the description. So what are you waiting for? Go to 9320.com now for the best, most passionate, impartial coverage of Manchester City and beyond.